The brilliant horizon is expansive and breathtaking. We take a moment to pause and reflect on the future ahead of us. We see it's filled with infinite possibilities. It does require us to take the first step of faith to move forward. The journey calls to an irresistible drawing of desire deep in your soul, beckoning you ever forward. We're filled with hope and possibility. You must deeply engage in your faith to propel you into inspired action. Come engage with Jennifer Duza and Karen Smith as they lead, encourage, and inspire you through life's pivotal choices. We will focus on leadership, mindset, business, entrepreneurship, faith, abundance, and building your dreams. Jennifer and Karen's personal stories will make you think, laugh, be inspired, deepen your faith, and help you fulfill your own God-given callings. The world needs your gifts and talents. They lie ahead on your brilliant horizon. Welcome to today's episode. Hello, Brilliant Horizons listeners. We are so happy to be with you here today. My name is Jennifer Duza, and joining me is Karen Smith, my sidekick. How are you, Karen? I'm doing well, Jennifer. It's so good to be back with you recording here and welcome to all of our amazing listeners. We're so glad you're returning. And if this is your first episode, make sure you go back and listen to the past episodes. We have a fun one for you guys today about resiliency. I just have to interrupt here real quick because you said go back and listen to past episodes. Last week's episode was on point. It was so good. It was so much fun to do that one. I just, I love those natural laws. They have just completely transformed my life and my clients' lives. And I love teaching on those. They're really good. (laughs) Yes, it was so good. And I can't wait for you guys to, if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it because it was, I don't want to say life-changing, but I think it could be life-changing. I remember the first time I heard that one, it was life-changing. And I think that's why I, now I want everybody else to know about it. (laughs) Yes, Yeah, absolutely. Well, all right. So speaking of life changes, we are going to talk about resilience today. This was an episode that was requested from some of our listeners. We so appreciate you guys giving us different ideas or saying, hey, what about this topic? We would love to hear what you have to say on this topic. So we really looked at resilience and of course, being the definition dorks that we are, we (laughs) are bringing you a, a definition on resilience. I have it as the ability to mentally or emotionally cope with a crisis or to return to pre-crisis status quickly. So good. Right? Sometimes we say, we got to bounce back. We got to get back in there. Let's see how we can get back in. Sometimes it's not always that easy. And this past year with coronavirus, it really took its toll on human life, the economy, our social lives and outings. Just about every aspect of our lives have been impacted by the coronavirus. It's been a, a new level of resiliency that we have had to tap into, especially for, for our generation and we really haven't had to look at resilience, not like we have this year. Right. And I think that's a really impactful point that you bring up, Jennifer, is is that this year has, some people are going to look back and say, this is the hardest year I've ever experienced, whether it might have been, you know, not being able to go to to college on campus or having isolation from your friends or having your workplace completely transformed, or maybe your business is shut down, or even having to be with people in your home that you're not normally with. The lockdowns, I think, created a different, different challenge 
challenge there. And every day people have had to decide, like, am I going to get back into life or what am I going to do? Am I going to just stay hold up and not get back into, into life? And the reality is, is resilience is built through hard times. It is. We do not learn or grow without any kind of struggle, whether it's watching someone else struggle or it's a personal struggle that we've gone through. I've had the opportunity, and I know you have too, Karen, work with clients and just even our own friends, family members that have businesses that really had to work with, here's a pandemic, what are they going to do with their business during this time? Mm -hmm. And it really has been interesting to watch and see what these companies did or what they these individuals did to maintain their businesses and keep them afloat during the pandemic. Right. And I think one of the things that people forget during hard times, like a pandemic or maybe a, another global crisis or a war, is that this is the time when some of the most creative ideas and inventions can come about. And they don't happen because there hasn't been a stressor like that. I remember seeing the other day a commercial on TV for an at home hair trimmer for men. And I was like, that's a brilliant idea. If we'd only been locked down for two weeks, I don't think someone would have invented it necessarily because there wouldn't have been need. But now that we've been locked down for over a year, it, there's a need for at-home haircuts. And mm -hmm. how creative is that? Very resilient on that business's part. And all the apps and different equipment that are coming out for scouts. Mm -hmm. That's been another big one that has really grown this year. Or the times you and I have talked about, you know, we've been working from home for many, many years already. I remember early on in my corporate career being able to work from home and what a huge fight it was to get permission to work from home and the progress that's been made in that area now because businesses have every employee had to be home and they still found that they were able to conduct business and it was okay for people to be at home and still be focused. And so there's a lot of good things that can come out of crises if we choose to find them. Total side note here, squirrel moment. I remember the first time I worked from home and we still had dial up internet because it <gasps> was those days. <laughs> 20 years ago. I remember hooking in my computer at the kitchen table to the telephone line and having the, the noises, which I won't imitate right now and then while it dialed up and it took 15 minutes, minutes to get on minutes. the internet <laughs> going and making lunch or, or whatever it was that I was doing but yeah that was oh good times good I times. tell you what we've come a long way Jennifer <laughs> we certainly have and now my kids if the internet goes out for like even a hiccup of a second they they freak out <laughs> That's how you build resiliency, kids. I know. Yeah. Well, it's <laughs> dial up internet. internet. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Focus here. Um, <laughs> you know, and that's really, I guess that does tie into today's topic because. When we talk about resiliency, it's built through some of the struggles that we've had, not only with our business, but in our personal life. And so I looked at some of the businesses out there, key points that these businesses share, how they got through the pandemic, how they got through the lockdowns. The first way is redundancy. And sometimes we think redundancy it can be in a negative way. I, in my notes, I put time to make the donuts. If yes, you are do not you remember a, that commercial? Yes, I love that commercial. And when I quote it, my kids look at me like, you are so weird. You know, but we should it, probably qualify this, Jennifer, because I don't know if this commercial showed everywhere around the U.S., but maybe you should tell them the background of this commercial for Colorado. <laughs> yes. Okay. We would always see the commercials because they were national commercials. Time to make the donuts and the 
little old guy would shuffle off out his door when it was dark and he'd come home and it was dark and it was wake up the next morning, time to make the donuts and he'd <laughs> shuffle off. But it was a Dunkin' Donuts commercial and it's a cute commercial. And it was just about the redundancy of his job time to make the donuts yeah i love that commercial i do too and we always still say it a lot of times a lot of times when we're getting ready to do chores in the morning it's like putting your boots on it's like time to go make the donuts (laughs) yeah yeah because it's not always necessarily something you want to do but even in your chores at a farm there is a redundancy or a system if you will redundancy can be systems styles that are really working and you want to duplicate in your business So Karen, if I said, hey, I'm starting a farm, what do I need to do? You're going to go right into that redundancy of those chores that have to be done every single morning. And the cool thing about redundancy or systems that people miss when you're in something like a pandemic is it can feel like it's a very grounding activity. It is a known that you have to do in a very unknown situation. So regardless of whether there's a pandemic or there's a global crisis or whatever's going on is you still have to go make sure all the animals have water and feed. That never changes. And those are things you can look for in your own businesses. Just like say you have a direct sales business and maybe you provide something like packaged food or skincare. Well, people still need to eat and they still need to take care of their skin and personal needs. They're still going to need some of those things. So look for things that people still need during that time. And it can kind of help you ground yourself realizing like, oh, okay, well, maybe things aren't quite as bad as I thought they would be. Or maybe you were living in that fear of, oh my word, every day. I am checking the numbers and making sure I have. And while there are no numbers because there's nothing coming in because everybody's on lockdown, what do I do in my business? And so that leads to the second point, which is adaptability. Many of the businesses survived because they were able to adapt to the new situation. And they evolved through trial and error. Okay, well, we can't do business the way we used to do business. So Mm -hmm. what can I do? A friend of mine owns several coffee shops. She was able to adapt and change as things started to open up. Hey, I can't have you guys coming into my coffee shop, but we can open the window and I can serve you a coffee through the window. Offering certain specials to just get people, hey, we're open again. Come by, check us out. Doing things where you had to adapt to a new way of business. Think about how many restaurants were not doing delivery or even having the window pickup or anything. And just being able to even do something like curbside pickup, what a remarkable thing. You know, it used to be people only knew a couple of restaurants that did curbside pickup and now pretty much every restaurant does. And just the ability to say, hey, there is more than one way to do something also can give you the sense of hope and the ability to work on something during a pandemic. Because a lot of times when things are changing, you don't feel like there's anything that's stable and being able to innovate and create something new can give you some hope and some energy to move forward. This is also how amazing inventions get brought forward. Think about all the things that we have in the world would never have been invented if someone didn't go through a rough time. Absolutely. And then knowledge. Knowledge is another way that businesses kept afloat. Knowing that something could always happen. There's Mm -hmm. always change. There's always going to be change. So knowing that you have a contingency plan or a scenario 
know that you've planned on for certain situations happening or coming up. I don't think that people necessarily thought, oh, it's going to be a pandemic and this is what it's going to look like. We didn't even know what it was going to look like as it was unfolding for us. What was that knowledge that you had or a contingency plan? If things got shut down again, what would you do? How would you work? And this is a really valuable piece of business planning. So whether you are a large business or a small business, I remember going through contingency trainings when I worked in corporate. Maybe you're a small business and you'd never thought of those things before. Well, now you have some time to think about that again. Like, how would I handle this if I can't do business online or if I can't do business in person? What are my options and how am I going to handle that? It also brings up to people that just be aware, have a plan B. A lot of people were like, wow, I didn't realize I could lose my job. How many times in my own career I've had to flex and adjust because the job I was doing became outdated or went away and I had to learn something new. My parents' generation where they were the first to have computers in the workplace, they had to completely switch from the number two pencil and the yellow tablet and switch over to learning computers. And we can either see that as a bad thing or a good thing and be prepared for those things. Mm -hmm. And that's something I think our generation is definitely aware of is adaptability to changing times so much than other generations because we have seen so many technological changes in our lifetime. The biggest piece to all of this with companies and to businesses, the number one thing is that they had grit. Yes. Love that. It's one of my favorite words. (laughs) Maybe it's because we live out here in the West and everything's all about hanging in there and pulling yourself up by your bootstraps and like getting her done. (laughs) I think that's the farmer in you, Karen. Or the rancher in me. (laughs) Yeah. The rancher in you. It is. Grit is such an important component and character skill to have. Sometimes you just have to hang on and you're actually a lot tougher and a lot more adaptable than you actually give yourself credit for. There are just times where sometimes you just got to hang on and get through it. And you just have to decide that you're going to do that. Being a kid and we would be hiking up in the mountains and dad would be like, come on, just a few more steps to get around the corner to the summit. You'd think you were going to die before you get there. I think about certain times being in corporate America where I had maybe a boss I didn't care for or a project that was super hard or had a, a difficult component to it. And a lot of times it was just simply hanging on. How many times have you guys seen a sports team that just simply beat the other team because they just never quit? and they never gave up. And it's having that grittiness to say, you know what, things might appear to be bad, but am I going to stick with this and make a good thing out of it? Or am I going to just bail because it seems hard? Do you remember the old 80s cat poster? There were the cats hanging onto the branch and it's just, it just says, hang on, baby. (laughs) I do remember that. (laughs) That reminds me of grit. You just, you hang on with all your might. You do it. You do. Or it's like, have you seen the the picture with this big bird who has swallowed the frog, but the frog has his hands around the stork's throat? And it's, and it's basically just says never, ever give up. I have that one on my wall in the office. I've had it since I, I probably back in college, I'm dating myself a little bit, but I always thought about that frog is inventive. He is working the problem. He is ahead of it. And he's like, I might be getting swallowed by you, but I can block, <laughs> I can block the avenue. <laughs> So true. Athletic stories, even at the Olympics, where we see somebody who comes from behind and wins, or they have a fall and they don't quit. 
my Australian friends will like this one. Do you guys remember a few years ago, I think it was at the Salt Lake Winter Olympics where the the speed skaters and they were in that race with, I don't know if it was Japan or China, but they had this huge rivalry going. And it was all the newscasters could talk about was these two guys that were duking it out. Well, they forgot that there was an Australian in that race as well. And those original two competitors ended up crashing into each other one round from the gold medal and wiped him out. Well, because the Australian guy was still in the race, he ended up avoiding the crash and he ended up with the gold medal. And it was amazing to watch. He could have been in that pileup or he could have quit or stayed out of it. But instead, he took a gold medal home to his country. And it was amazing. (laughs) That's a perfect example. You stay in the race and sometimes you win. Great point. I wanted to share with you some points of being a leader with resiliency. Maybe you feel like you you need to work on being a more resilient leader. I want to say that leaders typically are very resilient because they're used to adapting to changes. And so what do they have in common? I wanted to give you six areas that you could work on if you're feeling like you want to be a more resilient leader yourself. Number one is adjust to new realities. That's a big one in 2020. (laughs) We had to adapt and adjust to a new way of life. Mm-hmm. And do it a smile on your face. Don't go adjusting with kicking your feet and screaming like a little kid being drunk, drugged to the table to eat broccoli. <laughs> or drunk. <laughs> yeah, or drunk. <laughs> Can't talk here today. <laughs> that too. <laughs> Uh, Number two would be diversity, value variation. This is going to be a big one. There's always going to be not just changes, but variation from your day-to-day routine. Embrace that. Take that in. It's a huge key point because if you can be flexible and see a different option come from a different way of doing things, you actually might end up making your life a lot easier. 100%. Number three is change. As I said earlier, change is constant. We hear that all the time, but it continues. And so learning and growth through those changes is what's going to help you to adapt. Mm-hmm. And embracing change doesn't mean that you don't have any stability or that you're abandoning the things that are good. It's just saying, I am at least willing to consider something new that comes across my path. Just don't resist those things. Number four is purpose-driven. Mm-hmm. Being focused on what tasks you need to complete and take care of to keep you on point. It is. And this is where your why can really be pulled back out of the hat. We talked about this in an earlier episode about goal setting, and we've kind of sprinkled it in with most episodes, is you need to have a compelling why. If you're a small business owner, your why is pretty big in a lot of different areas. Pull that out and use that. That why will feed your energy to help survive some of these things. It'll invoke your grit and it will help you adapt and change to things. And it it really will give you that purpose that when things are hard, you're not going to quit. Relationships is number five, Karen. Business is all about relationships. Preach it, sister. Preach it. Life is all about relationships. If you are not focused on relationships, your business will not survive. It doesn't matter what aspect of a business you are in. You have got to not just develop those relationships, but put in the work to maintain. It's kind of like a marriage. If you just say the I do's and walk away and think it's going to be an easy road from that point on, I'm sorry to say, (laughs) but that is not what it's about. You have to put in the work to make 
it a great relationship. And that's on both sides. You can't just have it be one-sided. So customers that you are working with and they come back to you all the time, marinate those relationships. Mm -hmm. Treat your customers with love and respect and continue to build that relationship with them. It's so important. And the other thing is a lot of businesses forget that one of the values of relationships with your customers is that when things do have a big adjustment, then you can go directly to them and say, Hey, I'm thinking about these new ideas. How can I better serve you? Or what actual need do you have? And because your customers already have a relationship with you and trust you, they'll tell you some people that I know where they had a business that they sold their products out at farmer's markets. Well, farmer's markets got shut down because it was a crowd crowd control thing. They could contact their customers individually and say, hey, if I drop product off at your house, is that acceptable to you during this time? And so they were able to continue to serve customers in a way that was safe, but also worked for both the customer and the business. And then you have two parties that are prospering still because they were willing to do that change, but because they had a good relationship with each other, they were able to find a new way to do business that allowed everyone to win. Then look for those. And it's those times where you reach out to those customers. It's not just a blank message. We appreciate you, a recorded message or reaching out somehow with blanket email. It's that personal touch of picking up the phone and saying, hey, I was just thinking about you. That's where the large corporations are really missing out if they're not implementing this with their teams and saying, reach out to our customers. Those relationships that you have built up, that's going to be the important time to be continuing to build those relationships. Or perhaps if you have a product that people use up and need to reorder every couple of months, you know, be there for your customer, be the reminder of saying, hey, you should just be out of this product. Can I go ahead and get an order put together for you? And how can I be of service to you? It's amazing when you ask someone, how can I be of service to you? They'll almost stop and be taken aback and look at you like, what? Because they're so not used to anybody asking them that anymore. And as bigger businesses become much more data driven, which there's nothing wrong with data, but data does not replace human interaction. A robot cannot tell you what it needs that day, but a person can. And so Get in that habit of asking your customers, how can we be of service to you today? And really listen to their feedback. You might not be able to solve their problem that day and in that instant, but if you're getting that same feedback from say 50% of your customers, it gives you a chance to innovate and decide in a new way to provide service and business to them. Absolutely. Finally, number six is faith. You got to have faith. You do. (laughs) You got to have faith. Not only in your business and knowing that you're making the right decisions, but to just give it up, pray about it, Mm -hmm. think about it, and know that God's got this. He does. He does. I honestly don't know how people survive things like pandemics and global crises without a baseline of faith. This doesn't necessarily mean you are a religious person, but just knowing that you know, you're believing in something eternal that doesn't ever change and that you can ask for help and guidance from and that he's going to be there for you is so powerful. And remember, we get to pray about everything and ask about everything. And then just also having some faith in yourself and your own skills and abilities and having faith in your customers and in the goodness of people. That's hard to remember sometimes during these hard times that there really are good people out there. There are good things happening and just look for that unchanging place of faith where you can just center yourself and get back in the game. Exactly. Perfectly said. Found this great quote from Sheryl Sandberg that I loved. And so I thought this was the perfect way to explain resiliency and wrap today's podcast up in a nutshell. Sheryl Sandberg said, you are not born with a fixed amount of resilience. Like a muscle, you can build it up, 
draw on it when you need it, and in the process, you will figure out who you really are, and you just might become the very best version of yourself. Oh, I love that. That perfectly sums it up. I love that quote too. I think it's so good. We all became a better version of ourselves this last year, getting back to the basics, uh, seeing who we are and reminding ourselves of where we came from and where we want to be. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who are on team journal, uh, maybe take some time to journal about how you've built resilience this past year. And for those of you who are team planner, uh, maybe look at how you can um, work more things into your day about becoming more resilient with that. And we're right there with you. We're learning and growing as well. All right, everybody. We can't wait to hear your stories of resilience from this year. Share with us what was your biggest business takeaway or your biggest leadership moment on on resiliency from 2020. What did you take away? What did you learn? And did you become a better version of yourself? Love that. I love that. I think we had an, a huge opportunity this year to become more resilient. And let's take that resiliency and go make another great year. Sounds good to me. All right, everybody. Well, we look forward to hearing from you and we can't wait to share with you next week. We are talking about poverty consciousness versus a prosperity consciousness. So make sure you come join us. Thank you for joining us for today's episode. We hope you found value in what you heard today. Drop us a note to let us know your favorite takeaway or application from today's episode. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any episodes. While you're there, be sure to leave us a review. And as always, if you're ready to grow and advance your own God-given callings, contact Jennifer or Karen for personalized coaching. Don't let your dream go one more day without living it out.